Support for INS Podcasts comes from BD, helping all people live healthy lives. Visit them at www.bd.com. Hi, welcome to another INS podcast. This is Michelle. I'm your host, the uh, nurse educator from the Infusion Nurses Society. Today I've got a very special guest with me. I'm very excited about this. This is Doc Hendley, and he is going to be our keynote speaker at our next meeting, INS 2016 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, May 14th excuse me, through the 19th. Um, Doc Henley will be presenting the keynote address on Monday morning at 9 o'clock. And we are fortunate enough to have him here with us today just to give us a, a little understanding of who he is, what he does, and why we are so interested in him. Doc, welcome to our little podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm not sure if everybody is real familiar with you. So, yeah, um, it's hard to give a, uh, a overview in a little snippet. But, um, <laughs> I actually started out my professional life as a bartender. Um, that was my passion was the service industry and um, a little bit of a musician. So when I wasn't bartending, I was playing music at different uh, uh, bars and nightclubs around the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and um, and. Uh, about 12, 13 years ago, I learned about the global water crisis and uh, really how uh, it was the number one uh, killer of children in the world. They weren't seeing their fifth birthday because of uh, diarrheal disease and different diseases that are causing these diarrheal diseases, which uh, was attributed to the water supplies in a lot of these countries. And for some reason, it just really hit me uh, how bad it was and uh, around the world, but also how little, especially at that time, that was being done about it. There wasn't a lot of other organizations really working uh, to to really fight that crisis. So um, I began to just raise money with what means I knew how in the bar industry and holding these events, called them uh, wine-to-water events. Uh, we were um, basically uh, pretty simple. We, we would hold these uh, fun wine tastings with some live music, and uh, and then people could come and and, and uh donate. We have everything given for free so people can donate and give back. And um, after a few short months and, and some very successful events, I decided to uh, leave everything uh, behind in the bar industry and I, I moved to uh, the Darfur region of Sudan. And I lived in Sudan for uh, a couple of years until late uh, 2015. I mean, sorry, late 2005. Um, and then it was really in the desert there in Sudan where I was living and installing these wells and water systems that I continued to dream up the concept for Wanda Water, that we could be this global organization that not just does this in one country in Africa, but works all over the world mm-hmm. and uh, in, a, in a unique way as well, not just to go and give water for free, here's a free well, here's a free water filter, but to teach the people how to access their own um, mm-hmm. uh, needs, to build their own water filters, to, to, uh, to build their own wells and water systems uh, using local resources they have available. Uh, so that all that progression really just came from uh, – pretty humble uh, backgrounds, not really being involved in the charity or humanitarian world um, much before, um, but just looking at what tools that and resources I had around me and using those uh, for a different purpose than what they were intended for. <laughs> so, sure, sure. So a little now, snapshot. Yeah, thank you. So, like, you live in North Carolina. And I do. How did you, of all places, of all things, find out about a global water crisis? So it's kind of a crazy story. I think the global water crisis sort of found me instead of me mm-hmm. finding it. It's really, it's really weird. So um, I, I, I dig into the details of it a little bit more in the speech, but basically um, I was taking some time off. I was at my parents' house in a little small mountain community here in a, a small town called Boone, North Carolina, like 10,000 people, real small. 
just hanging out, just kind of doing a little thinking uh, about life, my future, where what what was going on, where, where I was heading. I think I was 20, gosh, probably 23, 24 mm-hmm. years old at this time. Um, in the middle of the night, I woke up uh, kind of half asleep, half awake. I, I, I woke up because I had this phrase over and over in my head. I couldn't get it out of my head. It was like a broken record, and it was wine to water, wine to water, over and over. Mm-hmm. And I knew the phrase the other way around. My, my father was a pastor growing up, so I'd heard oh. about the water to wine story and, and all that. But I, I kept being like, why is it stuck in my head? And why is it backwards stuck in my head? I don't get it. Um, I write my own music. As, as a musician, I, I enjoy doing that. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe this I'm kind of getting inspiration for a song. Mm-hmm. So I started writing it down, and it just didn't feel right. I was like, you know, I think it's supposed to be something more. There's a, there's a different reason why it's stuck in my head. So I went down to my parents' computer, and I just looked at the words that I had already written out on my, on my paper, and I saw – you know, I'm like, well, I deal with wine every day. I'm not going to look up anything about wine. Um, so let me look up about water. Maybe I'm supposed to know something. And it was that night that all I started researching and I found out what was going on in the world. And I was like, this is it. This is, I, I'm, I think I'm supposed to do something about this. And so it was kind of random. I think in a weird way, uh, the water crisis found me. That's <laughs> really cool. It. That is really quite the story for sure. Um, so, I, I think I'm, I, I was, you know, looking stuff up too, and I was really surprised by the simplicity of all of this. Um, in my head, I, I'm seeing this organization, wine to water, and you go into these countries and build these big water refinery things, and blah blah blah, and et cetera. And it turns out that it was something as simple as a bucket with a filter and a spigot on it. And, That's exactly right. Yeah, and oh my gosh, the simplicity, like I said, just kind of knocked me over, and. To the greater part of it, and you mentioned it just a moment ago, isn't so much providing the people with these things, but providing them with the knowledge of how to do it themselves. That's huge. That's exactly right. Exactly right. To to me, it was more important. And I had to kind of learn that um, almost trial by error. Like when I my first couple years living in Africa, I had to look around and just see how everybody else worked, other organizations, and and I've noticed a lot of times you'd have these great organizations coming in with these great water systems, and they put them all over the desert. And I'd, I'd look around and you'd see so many of them broken, not working years later mm-hmm. after they put them in. And then I'd talk to the people, and they're like, well, yeah, we don't know how to fix these. Maybe there was a solar-powered pump that was pumping the water or whatever. So I really came to the conclusion that um, the people need to be empowered to, and educated to take care of their own problems in the way that, that they know how. And a lot of times the simplest method is, is the most effective. As long as it's able to filter or clean that water or provide that, access to that water, a lot of times the most simple option is the one that you can teach a local person how to reproduce. So in my mind, I felt like we could have a greater impact in the world, not just going around and giving away free water systems and different things like that, but going around and teaching and training local people how to reproduce uh, um, d- you know, different water systems in each, in each country that we work in using resources they have available to them right there in their own country. That is really great that they they are able to do that and use their own resources. Very huge thing. Um, the uh, how many countries are you in now, or I shouldn't say are you in? Is, so, is the organization in? There's total countries that we've worked. Uh, we've, we've reached 25 countries total around the world uh, that we worked in. Actively right now, like today, ongoing projects like as we speak uh, happening. Uh, it's about half of that, a dozen. So some of the other ones are, are disasters that we've gone in after an earthquake or a mm-hmm. hurricane, and we've worked and we've, and we've helped meet an immediate emergency need. 
and then uh, they begin to pull out of that and 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 uh, uh, get a little bit uh, you know more stable, and we could pull out altogether. Uh, but actively ongoing, we're in about a dozen countries right now, and that's all over from East Africa to Southeast Asia, all throughout Central and South America as well. Excellent. And what about the United States? Is there a need for any of this in our country? <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, in the beginning, it was a little bit hard for us to uh, look at that because the scope of work here, like if you take Flint, Michigan, for example, what they really need is hundreds of millions of dollars of, of tax money, government money, whatever, to go in and redo their entire water system mm-hmm. because the lead piping is what's causing the problem. We don't have that capacity to go in and just say, well, we're going to help you guys and give you hundreds of millions of dollars. But what we can do, we're creating an emergency program now where the other fix that people do until they start fixing their pipes, or right now the response is bottled water. They're sending you know, uh, thousands of bottled water every single day to where actually by the end of the year they'll actually have reached over a billion bottles of plastic, uh, plastic water bottles that have gone to, mm. in Flint if it continues at the same rate. And, and that all just goes right there in their landfill, in their community, mm-hmm. you know, all that plastic. So we're working on an emergency water supply system now where we can uh, uh, have a fleet of tanker trucks that go to the nearest clean water municipal supply, fill up, bring those to the community, and do, um, and do a system where people can bring their own jugs. Because right now, if they're getting bottled water, you're only getting like 300 milliliters or something in this bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can bring your own bucket or, 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 uh, or milk jug or whatever. So that's actually in the works right now. We're working on this emergency plan uh, uh, to, to start doing that. Other things that we do in our country is a river and stream cleanup. So even though it may not affect my child's health like today by going through our, our watershed here in, in the mountains of North Carolina and cleaning up the rivers and streams, but it's going to affect them as they get older and then their kids because that water then trickles down into the, the, um, uh, into the aquifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing we're involved with as well. Using We have a really great volunteer force. Uh, so we begin doing uh, watershed cleanups, river and stream cleanup, cleanups, and just going through and just simply picking up trash and pollution that will then affect our drinking water supply down the road. Oh, that is a really good thing, too. Uh, what other um, things are you involved with? Um, I, I saw something about um, bartenders donating money. Yes, so we have this great program uh, every year that we do. Uh, it's in March because World Water Day is March 22nd. So we've taken that whole week, the week of, that March 22nd falls on, it's called Just One Shift. We have bartenders from all over the world. I think our first year we reached over 30 different countries. So bartenders, wow. servers, restaurant workers, and they'll take one of their slowest nights. So it's not like we're trying to take, hey, give us your Friday or Saturday. They'll take a slow night like a Tuesday, and they'll say, you know what, I'll take my tips from the night and I give up just one shift of this week, of this month, this year, to give back to the water crisis. And then what we do is try to help promote that night. So let's say it's a random Tuesday where they normally would only see five or six people in their bar. We really try to help promote it and blow it up so that they can get 50 or 60 or hundreds in there. And, it, uh, and, and it's turned into a really fun thing. And we also make it a little bit of a competition. So the top two uh, servers or bartenders that do that, we will send to, um, we have a volunteer program where people can go and serve all over the world, six different countries where you can come dig your own wells and learn about these water systems. We send them an all-expense-paid trip to go do a volunteer trip uh, with our teams and, and dig their own wells, whether it's back in the Amazon or in Cambodia or in uh, Dominican or East Africa, somewhere like that. That's very awesome, very awesome. So that is on March 22nd. And I yes, suppose March we can, 22nd. Would we be able to huh? check out your website and find Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You can check on that. Click Just One Shift. So if people are, uh, 
have access to folks that have a restaurant or bar that can spread the news. Or if not, you can look in your area just on that and see maybe there's a bar nearby. It's that whole week of March 22nd. Oh, okay, okay. So then you can go by, you know, your, your, maybe your favorite local pub there uh, in your hometown is doing a Just One Ship program, so go support them on that night uh, awesome. to, help, to help raise the funds. So. Excellent. Um, like you said, all over the world, you've been everywhere. Do you have a most memorable moment that you could share with us? Oh, wow. I, yeah, I, have, I know. It's hard <laughs> That's to a hard one. I have a lot of them. <laughs> um, let's see. I'll, I'll pick the one that just popped in my head first, uh, and that's um, I named my uh, second child Justice, uh, and he's actually named after one of my guys in Uganda who's from the West Nile tribe, and they're a, they're a bit of a shorter, smaller uh, people, a smaller tribe, but they're very scrappy. They were great warriors, and so they're, they really are like the best security guards because they're fearless. They're, they'll take on an army if, they, if, they, if you need them to. So we had this guy as a security guard over our compound. We were in the compound uh, this one particular night, but there were some guys uh, that came in. Uh, one had a, had a machine gun, the other two had machetes, and they were trying to break in, and they were trying to, uh, to, to rob our, our place, steal vehicles, or take whatever they could. Um, and our little security guard, Justice, um, he, he started fighting them off to keep them out. So the, the guy with the machine gun smashed him in the head with his gun. And he's like, tell me the story. When I saw him, oh. he, he almost didn't make it. He had to go to the hospital. So I'm like, well, tell me what happened. And he's like, you know, Mr. Doc, they, they smashed me in the head with the gun. And, but I began to box them. I'm, I'm boxing. I'm, I'm boxing. And, and, then, and then the man with the, they, they call machetes, uh, pangers, because the sound they make when they hit, like, rocks sure. on when they're, the, the, the man with the panger, he banged me in the head. And I'm like, he hit you in the head with a machete. He's like, yes, sir. He hit me in the oh. head with the, with the painter. But I keep boxing him, but I could not see because of the blood. Oh, my and goodness. Then, and then he's like, and then they painted me in the arm, so they chopped him. With, uh, it, it almost killed him, uh, this guy. <sighs> and I, I told him, I said, Justice, I know that you love our work, and I, lo- and I love that. But you have a family. You have kids. Mm-hmm. If this happens again, let them in. We can replace the vehicles. We can replace if they steal stuff. We can't replace you. Don't. And, and he stopped me. He said, no, sir, Mr. Doc, I, I will fight to the death. Oh, the my goodness. We are, we are doing here. And, uh, and I, I started kind of like tearing up a little bit. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, my, and my wife, she was like six months pregnant at the time. We hadn't thought of a name. So I immediately like called her on Skype or something. I picked up on. I called her. And I'm like, I got to tell you the story about my, one of our guys, Justice. He's amazing. And after I told her, we were both kind of emotional. And she's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm like, oh. absolutely. So we named our second justice after him. And, uh, and, he, and he actually did, had a baby a lot long after that. He's like, I think I'm going to name him Doc. I'm like, no, don't do that. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Don't do that. Yeah, please tell me not to do that. So I convinced him not to. I'm like, if, if, he's, if he's half the troublemaker I am, you're in for a, a, lot, of, a lot of issues coming up. <laughs> so, does, and he knows that your son is named Justice after him. He does. He does. I called him right after he was born and told him uh, that we went through it. That's his name. And he was very, very happy. That's uh, very we cool. Got a, we got a great, a great team there, but in, in every country. So. That's wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Um, so, with our little talk here, what is the one or, or a thing that you would like our podcast listeners to take away with them today? Um, well, I think, and I'm guessing most of the folks listening are involved in the healthcare industry or, or are nurses themselves. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so for honestly, the thing that I really try to talk about is that you know 
like I said earlier, water is in a, in a, in a weird way kind of found me. Uh, but I was passionate about something a lot longer before I was passionate about water. And I really was passionate about my job as a server, as a bartender, because every single day I got to serve people. I got to mm-hmm. hang out with people. I got to listen to the stories of their lives, uh, whether it's they're coming in to celebrate a promotion or they're getting married. They'd come into my, my bar or my pub and, and celebrate, or they're having a bad day. They're, they just lost a, a job, a loved one, a, a relationship's mm-hmm. falling apart, whatever. I love my job because I got to share my life every day mm-hmm. with people. And the reason why I love now my work with Wine and Water, it's more than just the work with water. It's, it's going into these communities and seeing the change that happens in people's lives on a community level, on a relational level, what happens when you give them the water. Uh, so the water is just a tool to build community and build relationships. So that's really why I'm so passionate now about water because it's another tool that I have to reach people that I never thought I'd be able to reach. And I, I really want to encourage those listening that, you don't have to feel like you've got to stop what you're doing and pick up and go join the Peace Corps and move to the jungle somewhere to have a greater impact or whatever. We have the ability with the resources we have right at our fingertips every day to have a huge impact on people's lives, especially in this industry, especially mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. nurse. And, and I'm sure um, everyone is well aware of that. But if we, I think sometimes it's, it's a temptation with anybody's job just to make it about the job, make it about I've got X amount of hours left. I've got X mm-hmm. amount of people more to see. Um, but what I really try to encourage people is that every day, no matter what we're doing, but especially in this industry, we're dealing with people, with, with human beings, with families, with lives. And if we – sometimes we try not to see that because we get emotionally too involved, I think, with our jobs. But if we recognize that for what it is, our ability to have an impact, we don't need to move off and join the Peace Corps to have mm-hmm. a, a experience or to change the world. We can change our own communities with the resources and the jobs and the gifts that we've been given as human beings. We're blessed with so, many, so much here. We can turn around and use that to help other people and serve others. And that's really what I really get excited about. It doesn't matter if it's water, if it's their, uh, uh, helping somebody get over um, uh, being sick. If it, whatever that, that thing is, I feel like we're put here on this earth. To, to love and serve each other. And, and you just segued right into what I was going to say. I uh, have a quote here from you that I found, and I, it just it's resonated with me as well. Um, you said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. I think that's mm. just huge. And it says so much about um, what you do, but also about what nurses are about too. Um, I believe Absolutely. that we all, you know, we just, we, we, we become, you know, whatever we need to at that point and just lose ourselves in our patience. And it just is such a good feeling. And that, I, I love that quote from you, and I'm going to keep that around and remind us of that. So it's wonderful. Well, I, I couldn't be more excited to, to join you guys and to, and to um, share a couple of days with you. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, and we are looking so forward to having you down there too. Um, once your keynote address is over, um, the uh, exhibit hall will be opened up, and you're going to be actually signing books and meeting people at, in the exhibit Absolutely. hall, correct? And the book is, what's the book called? Just Wine to Water, just like the organization, uh, just like that okay. dream that one night. <laughs> the same yeah, thing, Wine yeah, to Water. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention, I saw, you know, just like, like you said, I, I'm, I'm one person, and this is a huge global thing. You have another little thing that uh, people can be a part of. It's called a drop in the bucket. Hmm. That's correct. Yep. It's just you create your own uh, uh, drop in the bucket campaign, and we encourage people that 
you know, we've had kids, uh, actually just one last week, um, uh, a, a kid here in North Carolina had saved up their allowance money or what change they could find and, and became a part of the Drop of the Bucket campaign, uh, and, and uh, they raised a $2.75. <laughs> and and I, that's one of my favorite donations that I've ever yep. seen come through. Because you think about what that child had to do, maybe uh, clean the room here or whatever to get a quarter or to get this, and they finally scraped together uh, that $2.75. But the reason why we call it that Drop in the Bucket campaign is because it's not the millions of dollars that the governments have. It's not the, the millions that come through the bill, the Melinda Gates Foundation and all that kind of stuff that changes the world. I do not believe that. I believe mm-hmm. it's the folks like that kid. That it's where their heart is is what makes a difference, not just some, uh, somebody signing a check. It's where your heart is that has the ability to make that change. And that $2.75, because we view life that way and we work with that in mind, we've got our work so efficient by using local people and local materials that for $1, we're able to provide a child with clean water for an entire year. That's awesome. So that kid's $2.75 is going to go to almost three years of water uh, for one child or three kids with water for a year. That's a huge thing. So we're trying to we do that. We use that campaign to show people that you might think what you're giving is a drop in the bucket, um, but if once you, you know, it, it, eventually you'll fill a bucket. It takes a lot of drops from a lot of people, but eventually you're able to get that bucket full and you're able to, to reach millions of lives, even though it may have started with $2.75. That's awesome. What a great thing you're doing. It's fabulous. So um, people can find you and your organization at winetowater.org. Um, I've also got, you've got a Facebook page, correct? Wine to Water. Absolutely. You uh-huh. are on Twitter at Wine to Water. And I think also on Instagram, Wine to Water, correct? That's right. Wow, That's we right. can follow you everywhere. And I, <laughs> I also looked at your YouTube page. Wow, you've got some great videos. And I Thank learned you. so much about the organization. And your passion just not only shows and shines through with you, but everybody you touch is certainly affected and, and feels that passion and feels the same way. So congratulations on such a, a, a great organization and the work you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we cannot wait to see you in Florida. We've got everything all ready to go for you. So we will be there ready for your, your um, presentation and then your book signing and just really looking forward to it. I am as well. I'll be there with my shorts and flip-flops on, ready to go. Sweet. And a margarita in hand, too. Oh, wait, wine. That's right. Speaking of that, speaking of that, that's the hardest question I have for you is what is the favorite wine in your collection? Oh, my gosh. Well, Uh warmer weather, I I really love our – I I, I like Chardonnay. I'm a big fan of Chardonnay. Um, But we have a Sauv Blanc that Mm. when it's chilled perfectly, it's such a good warmer weather kind of – spring summery drink so that would that would be my my pick for a, uh, a florida kind of atmosphere okay so we can uh, i really love our, our cabernet it's fabulous so for my winter drink i'd say cab summer or sauvignon blanc okay so we'll be looking forward to some of that down in florida when we see you <laughs> sounds good all right thanks again doc henley we will see you in fort lauderdale we'll see you soon bye